Welcome to the Scoop and School podcast. Do they worry you at all? Are you worried? Ridiculous, Morgan. My boy. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Your host, Khan. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to week eight of the college football season. And if you're a Big Ten fan or a Mountain West fan, for that matter, just welcome in general to the college football season. Glad to be back with you this week. If I sound better than usual, then that's a big shout out to producer John, producer Ellie, and producer Tim. Um, just, you know, the, the entire Zelinsky family has been a big help in keeping this podcast afloat for years, just from moral support to technological support. And, and now audio, you know, actual audio support in the form of some new podcasting equipment. So really excited about this. Big thank you to them. You know, if I sound great, that's uh, who I should th- thank. And if, uh, if you really don't notice a difference at all, then you probably just don't have a very sophisticated ear for this kind of thing. And that's really more your problem than anything else. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, but hopefully... Uh, coming through crystal clear here, and uh, and you'll be able to to take these pearls of wisdom, um, in in the in the clearest voice possible. I gotta say, I'm a little intimidated speaking into this microphone. I've even got one of those those like thin fabric things in between myself and the microphone. It really makes this feel uh, more important than it actually is. But I am all for it, if you know anything about me. I am all about uh, trying to feel more important than I actually am. And with that, let's move ahead, or really look back to the week that was in college football. And we had some good uh, good weeknight action uh, Thursday night, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. I, I, am, I am 99% sure I've got that pronunciation right, Chanticleers. Um, they uh, they won at Louisiana. They got to four zero, ranked number twenty five. Uh, they're first in the Sun Belt, and they are now getting a shout out on this podcast, which is probably the uh, the most important thing of all of those things I just listed. They're looking like a loaded team, great young quarterback. All of this uh, being said, when when they get the praise and they get ranked and all, now people are writing stories about them. This is probably when they go out and, and lose to Georgia Southern this coming Saturday. But hey, it's a nice story for now, and uh, and maybe you can impress someone by uh, knowing how to properly pronounce Chanticleer. Um, on Friday, BYU, first real tough test of the season, uh, overcame a fourth-quarter deficit to beat Houston. Uh, they got to 5-0. and I feel like with the shortened season, um, and where we are, you know, 5-0 and is just kind of something that needs to be called out, especially uh, with, with conference games only for uh, all of the teams that are actually in a conference. Um, it's You're going to see fewer and fewer teams getting to 5-0 and because they're not loading up with, with cupcakes early. So props to BYU um, for getting to 5-0. and And SMU also uh, got to 5-0, and winning at Tulane in overtime. So a couple tough tests for... Uh, for some group of five teams, but both overcame them and uh, and are in good shape uh, through what is now half of their season. Moving ahead to Saturday, I guess just to get it out of the way, Clemson beat Georgia Tech 73-7. to um, The Tigers won the second quarter 35 to nothing. I got to say, I don't 
and, and Notre Dame fans maybe cover your ears, I don't think Clemson is going to play a particularly close game until the national championship game. Um, and, you know, you with, with that kind of performance, you might wonder why I even think the national championship game could be close. Um, well, the answer to that is what Alabama did to Georgia on Saturday night. I, I am quite sure that they can score with anyone in the country. Uh, they were down 24 to 20 at half, then outscored uh, Georgia 21 to nothing in the second half. And this is against what was viewed by many as one of the best defenses in the country. Mac Jones completed 75% of his passes, 417 yards, spread pretty evenly between Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, sprinkled some to John Mechie there. Um, and, you know, if you if you just kind of uh, play nickel and, and sell out to try to stop the pass, Najee Harris also averaged five yards per carry going over 150 yards on the ground. So the, the short version is that this offense is pretty unstoppable. And unless Ohio State really shows something in the next few weeks, I think we can probably start to plan for another round of, of Clemson and Alabama. Uh, and, and maybe this one will have the most points of any of those matchups yet. Um, while, while the top tier of the ACC is, is pretty well settled, pretty weird day for the second tier of the ACC. Uh, Notre Dame beat Louisville 12 to seven. Uh, the good is that Notre Dame controlled the game on the ground, uh, which is actually the kind of game plan they would probably need to beat Clemson. Uh, the bad is that they kind of don't have any receivers and can't seem to score touchdowns via passing plays. Um, <laughs> they do move up to number three in the country sort of by default, um, it's interesting. I mean, they're they're certainly not a great team, but they've also sort of reached the point as a program where they've won enough games, really dating back to 2017, where they kind of get the benefit of the doubt here in terms of, okay, you started in the top 10 and you're winning and now you're number three. And uh, and it's just, a, it's a good place for the program to be. I mean, they're not going to win the national championship this year. They're, they're not going to beat Clemson. Um, but you know, if, if, if a disappointing year is going to be going 10-1 and one this year with a loss to Clemson, um, that's just a good place to be. Uh, and, and who knows? I might be singing a very different tune uh, after this coming week's game uh, if, if things are, uh, are looking worse than that. But overall, it's just interesting to, uh, as a fan of the team, this is like the first time in, in my life where I feel like all of a sudden they're up at a ranking um, without having to do a whole lot. Um, and it's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's a nice feeling that, uh, that they've kind of garnered that kind of goodwill, um, just through sustained, uh, solid performance, uh, over, over like a four year span here. Um, and then also in the ACC, uh, talking about some of the rest of that second tier, uh, Florida state, uh, knocked off North Carolina in a game that I was, well, I, I was very wrong about, but the second half showed you. Uh, at least what I thought we were likely looking at. Florida State led that game 31-7 to at half, really held on for dear life, beat North Carolina 31-28. to um, It was just kind of, uh, it was a weird game. Uh, <laughs> watching a lot of it, um, you know, Florida State, it was just like, where where has this team been? This was without Tamari and Terry, uh, probably their best playmaker on offense. Uh, but Jordan Travis continued to take strides. Um, and, and North Carolina just 
couldn't really get anything going on offense until the second half. And uh, at that point, uh, a couple drops on the final drive later, it was too late. Uh, And then elsewhere in the ACC, just should note uh, Miami and Virginia Tech both won fairly comfortably for both. Uh, So certainly that's kind of who we're keeping an eye on in terms of the tier below Clemson in the ACC and who could be going to the ACC championship down the load, down down the line. Um, I went two and three in my picks this week. I am sorry. I am now five and seven on the year. I promise to do better. Um, So with that, let's move ahead to week eight. Um, But before I do that, let's talk about meat, folks. I told you about DeBraga. They make just the best meat. I guess no one makes meat. You know, meat is comes from the animals. I don't. I, I don't claim to be an expert, but I'll tell you a, a little bit about what I know. And the meat comes from the animals. So I don't. I wouldn't say that DeBraga makes meat, but they source the meat. Um, they they eventually, you know, they cut the meat. They age the meat in whatever fashion they deem most appropriate. Um, and then they and then they sell you that meat and they will bring it right to your door. Um, and with that, so you got two options here. I told you a little bit about this last week. If you just go to debraga.com, D-E-B-R-A-G-G-A, you get the whole kit and caboodle. I mean, you got everything they offer. You can even, you can, if you, if you're saying, hey, I just bought a new place. I've never cooked anything in my life. I need, you know, I need a cutting board. I need a whole knife set. They've even got that kind of stuff for you. But uh, you get high, really high-quality meats. You can get burgers. You get steaks. Uh, you even, you know, you want poultry? That's, you know, I, I'm more of a red meat guy. But if you want poultry, you do that. And that's great. But if you live in the New York metro era, area, uh, northern Jersey, the, the Philadelphia era, area, maybe it's an entire era, um, Westchester County, uh, you know, parts of Connecticut, if you live in any of those areas, you can go to local.debraga.com. And it's a it's a smaller menu, uh, but you're going to get uh, more favorable prices and shipping is going to be free. Uh, it only ships on certain days. It's all it's all out on the website. You go to local.debraga.com and you see really uh, you'll, it's a one-stop shop. You're going to love it. And if you're outside of the greater New York area era, area geez i had it right that time and then switch back to i don't know why i can't say new york area if you're outside of that area just go to debraga.com and uh and you'll figure it out you know you buy in bulk and then the shipping's not as big a deal and what i do want to tell you scoop and score listeners if at purchase you use promo code scoop that's s-c-o-o-p you will get 15 percent off your first purchase now that's if you've made a purchase in the past, don't fear. It's every everyone will get to use Scoop one time. So use Scoop, get 15% off. It's going to be great. Now here's the thing. I don't know how they're calculating and 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 monitoring that. So if it's by like shipping address, eh, then you're only going to get to use it once. But if it's by email address, maybe you have multiple people in your household and you can all make an order and then boom, you're getting more 15% off. Listen, I probably shouldn't even be telling you this, but you know, Gmail accounts are free. So you just go out there, you create more and more Gmail accounts, and you've got more and more opportunities to use promo code SCOOP, get yourself 15% off. You're just going to load up on meat. It's it's going to be the best, and uh, and I think you're really, 
really going to dig it. Uh, so that's all I've got for you. Uh, excited to have the promo code and, uh, and come back next week to hear, uh, maybe I'll learn more about meat and, uh, and I'll try to teach all of you, uh, something along the way. This is going to be kind of uh, part of the podcast now. I'll, uh, I'll learn, you know, what the different, uh, preparation styles are. Obviously you've got your milk boiled steaks, um, and the what have you, but, uh, but yeah, so tune in, uh, whether you like college football or really, really fine steaks. Speaking of steaks, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, I, right, Nebraska, they have beef in Nebraska. Um, they are going to open their season at Ohio State. This is an important game in the Big Ten because these are two of the three teams that have wanted to play this season all along, along with Iowa, uh, without those three schools. And, and if we're being realistic, probably without Ohio State, I don't think we see Big Ten football this year. So what do we make of the game? This is year three for Scott Frost. Year three is often when things happen with college football coaches. It's a bit of a cliche, but if you look through history, it's kind of true. Uh, it's year three of his starting quarterback, Adrian Martinez. Wandale Robinson, the uh, sophomore receiver. A lot of guys make a big jump between their freshman and sophomore year. It's time for Nebraska to make it happen. Obviously, this is a really tough opening game. They're catching like 26 points in this one. No one is expecting them to win, but they need to show that they're a real team. Uh, they they need to take a step forward this year. Otherwise, uh, it could... Uh, we could be looking, you know, the I don't know that Nebraska will ever fire Scott Frost, just, you know, hometown hero, uh, you know, won, won a national championship with them, all that. But it's it's a situation where they might eventually just decide it's not working out. And, and I could see both parties deciding to go opposite directions there. On the other side, Ohio State, they are singularly focused on a national championship um, they're probably really the only real contender from the Big Ten or Pac-12. So in terms of the two other conferences joining the fray, this is the one team that really matters in terms of a national championship uh, picture. Justin Fields, it'll be interesting, trying to win a Heisman, um, you know, starting starting essentially 1,600 yards and 19 touchdowns behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and really all of Ohio State, Given that they, they are playing fewer games, and, and obviously, as we've seen from so many teams throughout the country, um, you know, one one small COVID outbreak on a team could seriously sideline uh, an entire team for, for two weeks easily. Um, and and given that the, the Big Ten doesn't have any buys built in or anything like that, that could really uh, limit the number of games played in the conference. So... I imagine Ohio State is going to view every chance it gets to play as its stage uh, for the college football playoff committee. You have to think they are going to be trying to win every game by as many points as humanly possible. So even though I, I think the number's high uh, with with uh, with about 26 or so, I just can't, I doubt I will be picking against Ohio State uh, ever this season, just because I truly expect them to try everything they can uh, to run up the score. So that is uh, that is uh, just a little bit of betting uh, betting wisdom there. Um, also at noon, North Carolina State at North Carolina. Uh, this is uh, sort of 
winner of this winner of this game kind of stays in that ACC championship race, and the loser uh, loser we probably don't think about again, and <laughs> probably for good reason. Um, Three thirty slate. I would say there are at least five games with some level of watch value. Alabama at Tennessee probably doesn't have second half watch value, uh, but but you could make an argument this is Alabama's toughest remaining game. Uh, looking at the rest of their schedule, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, a, a former Saban uh, assistant, so you know he can he go to whatever twenty million and zero, um, and and sometimes Tennessee certainly views this. This is a rivalry game, even though it's about as one-sided as it gets. It is a rivalry game, um, and and I would expect this is where we got the double middle fingers. Um, just a lot of fun stuff happens in this game. You know that Tennessee will come out with some fight, uh, whether or not they actually have a chance. Probably not, but uh, but worth tuning in. I'll also say Virginia Tech at Wake. Um, I, I, the theme of this podcast is the second tier of the ACC. Well, can Virginia Tech stay there? Um, you know, Wake's two non-Clemson ACC games this year, they're averaging 41 points per game. Um, and in Virginia Tech's four non, you know, they haven't played Clemson. So they're four non-Clemson ACC games. They're averaging 42 points per game. So uh, looking like it could certainly be a high scoring game here. Virginia Tech get, keeps getting healthier, probably keeps getting better. They could be, maybe, maybe they're not a sleeper to anyone but me because I just picked against them. But uh, I, I think they could be a real, real sleeper um, in the ACC going forward. But going to Wake, uh, certainly a chance uh, that Wake offense showed uh, against Virginia last week that that it's really solid. So could be a fun one there. Uh, Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Uh, I would say maybe the biggest game of the slate, arguably the biggest game of the day. And it really comes down to uh, the, 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 this game will determine can a Big 12 team remain undefeated and remain in the playoff hunt um, and looking at Oklahoma State, uh, unclear Spencer Sanders is going to play at quarterback in this one. Shane Illingworth is a freshman who's been doing a really nice job. Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace uh, both averaging over 100 yards per game rushing and receiving respectively. So they're starting to really come around. Um, that Tulsa game, uh, their first game, t- turns out Tulsa's a lot better than we thought. Um, and then... Oklahoma State has had a much easier time against some weaker Big 12 teams here in recent weeks. So Oklahoma State certainly getting on the right track. And Iowa State has probably improved each week uh, since their opening week loss to Louisiana. So these are two teams that are improving, uh, you know, probably didn't handle sort of the stunted uh, offseason as well as as a lot of other uh, programs might have. So it's an opportunity for them uh, to really showcase what they each have in in what should be a pretty good matchup in the Big 12. And I guess I'll just uh, I'll kick off the picks of the week right here. I'm making four picks this week, and I do like Oklahoma State laying three and a half in this one. I just, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think it'll be a good game, but I don't see why Oklahoma State can't win this one by a touchdown. Um, I just, I think their defense is good enough to limit what Brock Purdy's able to do and I don't think Iowa State's defense is uh is going to really able be able to shut down Oklahoma State um at all so 
I, I see this one maybe in the, I you know, 28, 21, maybe even 35, uh, 24 type range. Uh, but I do think that Oklahoma State can can win this game by at least a touchdown. Uh, moving over to the Big Ten, Penn State goes to Indiana. Um, I guess you could say Penn State's kind of the second Big Ten team uh, with playoff aspirations. Micah Parsons decided to opt out uh, to head to the NFL. Uh, news just came out that running back Journey Brown is likely to miss the season uh, due to some medical issue. I don't know if that's been disclosed. I mean, Sean Clifford, very solid at quarterback, but do they have any other playmakers on offense uh, to help keep things rolling there? Uh, one thing I will note, and this is certainly not going to be breaking news to any any Penn State fan or or someone who's really followed the Big Ten closely, but although they lost a couple of great uh, defensive ends, Jason O.A., a redshirt sophomore, is going to be an absolute force uh, coming off the edge playing defensive end and getting to the quarterback. So just a note out there, uh, if, if you're watching the game, keep an eye on Jason O.A., uh, defensive end is just I expect him to get after the quarterback all night and really throughout the entire season I know next to nothing about Indiana um, I reached out to my Indiana football correspondent to ask how good they were uh, she said okay was her response so take uh, take that as you will um, this is I was surprised this is only like a six-point spread um, I guess Indiana coming off last year's pretty solid season I think nine wins uh, should be uh People are expecting a lot out of the Hoosiers this year, so definitely something to keep an eye on there. And, and if Penn State were to stumble out of the gate here, uh, we would really be in mostly, uh, I think, uh, an Ohio State. We, it would be a lot like the ACC. It, it would be uh, Ohio State versus everyone and just the way it's Clemson uh, versus everyone. Um, and then, of course, Notre Dame at Pittsburgh. Uh, boy, these games are always pretty gross. Uh, Pittsburgh plays a lot of press man coverage on the outsides. Now, when Notre Dame has Deshaun Kaiser and Will Fuller, that makes it really easy for Notre Dame to score touchdowns, as they did over and over and over again in 2015. Uh, when Notre Dame has Ian Book and Miles Boykin, it's a little bit tougher to score, but usually he can find a way to break through once and, and kind of get that game-winning touchdown, as he did uh, in 2018. When you've got Ian Book and question mark at receiver, it's going to be really tough to to beat this pit defense. They've got a great defensive line. They're going to be incredibly aggressive out wide with the corners. I don't see Notre Dame just being able to run the ball uh, to victory the way that they were ultimately able to against Louisville. I think this is going to be a really challenging game. I ultimately think it's going to have to come down to the Notre Dame defense making just enough plays. I think Notre Dame can squeak out a win, but I'm thinking like a three-point type win. Uh, and with that, I love Pittsburgh plus 10 and a half. Um, this one seems like a no-brainer to me. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Notre Dame shows some serious life on offense, but I just don't see Notre Dame getting more than 21 points in this one. Um, and, and honestly, I'd probably uh, take that right now and, and be happy with it. So that will definitely be, I think, a, a bit of a a bit of a slog, and uh, and hopefully the Irish can come out with the win. And then uh, 
Just a couple of night games to mention. Uh, I will, before I get to Michigan-Minnesota, because I have more to say on that, Cincinnati at SMU is uh, is really uh, the top group of five battle. I mean, outside of BYU, these are two of the top group of five teams in the country. Um, and, and given that they're actually in a conference, as BYU is an independent, this game could go a long way towards determining who gets the group of five New Year's six spot. Uh, so certainly a big game there. And then at 7.30, the game day game, Michigan at Minnesota. Start of the Joe Milton era for Michigan versus year four of Row the Boat uh, for P.J. Fleck and Minnesota. They went 11-2 and two last year. So, hey, just didn't, someone, didn't someone recently say something about third year uh, for a new head coach? Well, in the third year for P.J. Fleck, they went 11-2. and two. They uh, won, what was it, the out, they won one of the bowls. It might have been the Outback Bowl against Auburn. Uh, three big-time juniors, Tanner Morgan at quarterback, Mahabin Ibrahim at running back, and Rashad Bateman, the star receiver that was able to opt back in uh, once the season was back on. Unfortunately for Michigan, they've got kind of the opposite sort of thing going on. They were able to get uh, right tackle Jalen Mayfield to opt back in. But uh, their best receiver, Nico Collins, as well as cornerback Ambry Thomas, are both officially opted out. And this is this is a great first game for these two teams to show sort of what this shortened Big Ten season is all about. I mean, just playing eight games scheduled and with all of them in conference, there's just so much variance in terms of record. Usually if you've got, say, four non-conference games, you can pretty much write in ink that you're going to go at least three and one in those. And then your your record, you, you've got sort of those three wins built in, and that's going to um, make your record, you know, you're either going to go, say, like eight and four or 11 and one, and that's kind of the range. Whereas now, with only an eight-game season and all of them being conference games, looking at Michigan's schedule, I see three guaranteed wins, I see one guaranteed loss, and then I see four games that could easily go either way, starting with this game against Minnesota. So I, I just, I for football junkies, it's hard to not like this condensed season of all conference games. Uh, so we're still waiting on the Pac-12, uh, but we're we're getting closer and closer to a full slate of college football. I hope everyone is really enjoying it, um, and 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 that's about it. Stay safe, everyone. Enjoy the football. Talk to you next week, and hope I sound crystal clear. Take it easy. Hey, everyone. Sorry, just totally realized I didn't give you uh, the other two picks of the week. Um, so in addition to Oklahoma State minus three and a half and Pittsburgh plus ten and a half, also like Boston College minus three versus Georgia Tech and Miami minus eleven and a half versus Virginia. Miami was able to uh, to win by that much versus Pitt. I think Pitt's better than Virginia, so uh, I really don't see any problem there. And Georgia Tech has had about some of the weirdest uh, outcomes of the season so far. They don't make a lot of sense if you try to line them up on paper. Ultimately, I think they're a pretty bad team, and I think Boston College is a pretty average team, and I think they should find a way to win that game by more than three points. That's it. Um, sorry that I didn't do any creative editing to make it seem any uh, any less weird that I just forgot the picks, but here we are, and goodbye again. That concludes the Scoop and Score podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul.